Hey! <laughs> oh, it's been a bit. It's been a bit since we've done that. Hi, welcome to Earworms. I'm your... Oh, wait. A podcast for the things you just can't seem to get out of your head. I'm your co-host, Keegan. And I'm your co-host, Keegan. I'm duplicating. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Mimi. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this it's week. been a hot second. Um, I think our last episode was a little bit chaotic because we filmed half of it before we moved and half yep. of it after, after we, we moved. moved. Yeah. I feel like you could definitely hear that in that episode. <laughs> um, but now we're like fully moved in. Today's just a cleaning day. Any, any big life things? Uh, no, I think the biggest life thing is we are moved in, I guess... We have once again changed our majors in our whole time in college. I think we've changed it a combined time of like four or five. Yeah. And now we are changing it again, and this is hopefully the last time. Yeah. Turns out biology's hard. Like, really hard. So We literally wanted to study it just so we could like be forest rangers. Like, it was our minor, but we both failed the same class. Yeah. So. <laughs> there goes that. Well, I didn't fail it. I got a D minus, but it doesn't count as a pass. Yeah. Unfortunately. Sick. Uh, who's going first this week, me or you? I would love to watch the movie The Joker. You're okay. going first. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first. Okay, so my thing today is about a pretty cool topic. So there are children's books, right? <laughs> Your children. Book. Children. Yeah. They read books sometimes. Um, and these books... Some of them read the Harry Potters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an example. So what would you say the top three book series would be? Like of all time or like of our time? All time. All time for children's books. Selling wise okay, I, is, <laughs> I guess, the parameter so, for this. You did name one of them for already. For children's books, I need this. So like you have, are we talking like pre-K until like sixth grade? Or are we talking like, yeah. what's the parameter of children's book for this? Because if it was like, children's book like for a child i'd say like um peter rabbit um series series not individual book okay so series, series. Yes. okay then um yeah so harry potter i'm gonna go with the narnias and i don't i'll uh, probably lord of the rings those are all very good guesses um so you had it right with number one being harry potter that is absolutely correct number two is the Goosebumps saga. Oh, I forgot about Goosebumps. (laughs) Yes. Wait, no, number three is the Magic Treehouse? Is that one? In the top ten, it's not what we're talking about today, though. Today, we're talking about my favorite children's book series, not for children, Animorphs. (laughs) So, what is your familiarity with Animorphs? Is that the, um, the show on, like, Disney with, like, the frog? No, that's like Amphibomorph. I don't know. That's something else. Um, then I have no history with Animorphs. I okay. did not read that as a I'm going to show you a cover of the first book. Maybe and I You've read it. probably we'll see. seen a couple of these things. So it's like the weird funky books that say Animorphs, and then it has very tastefully done stock images of children slowly morphing or <laughs> animorphing into an animal. <laughs> Yeah, I did not read those books as a kid. I read the Pixie Hollow books. Gotcha. Um, But these are written by K.A. Applegate. Um, Oh, gosh. Her actual name was Catherine Alice Applegate was her name. But it was like during the time where like women didn't write books for some misogynistic reason, you know, like people just didn't buy books written by women. 
Uh, That's J- why there's the theory that like F. Scott Fitzgerald didn't write The Great Gatsby. His wife wrote it. Yeah, because, like, exactly. It's written so well from like a feministic point of view. Yes. Or Daisy is written very well. But yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this series began in 1996 and it takes some crazy twists and turns there i will get into like the actual juicy part which is like the story itself is what i want to talk about because there's just a character in particular i'm really excited for how many books would you guess is in this series when you hear a series for kids how many books do you think should be in a series um so normally i think like three or four but because this is like a goosebumps type book i'm gonna say there is at least 50 that is Almost exactly correct. There are 54 main story canon <laughs> books. Yeah. And then there are 10 side slash adjacent books that you can read, but don't need to read to understand the full story. With that, let me give you a little brief synopsis of what's going question. on in this. Yes. Oh, I go guess for it. This, no, no, no. Well, this might it. be a question for afterwards. Um, but like, so the Goosebumps, like you don't have to read all the, like it isn't a connecting story, maybe except for like two or three books. Are the Animorphs all connecting? Like all 54? Yes. They so are, you have to read them. You have to read them. Oh. And you have to read them in order to get the full story of Animorphs. Okay, then let's tell me about it. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. So, Animorphs. Oh gosh, this is a long synopsis. Animorph as a concept. Where do we begin? I don't know if... Do you want to... Is it... Okay, so okay. I'll... <laughs> Go what, ahead. What if... Just because it sounds like you're a little bit confused. What if I ask the questions and you answer them? Would that work, do you think? Yes, that would work well, I think. Okay, does Animorphs follow, like, the same kids? <laughs> yes and no. Oh, man. So, <laughs> each book, there are four main children that we start with. We get a fifth child at some point, And then, uh, no, five main children. We get an alien in there. And then we get a couple of side characters who are reoccurring characters. But the books are written and presented from each of the characters' point of view. Uh, They take place uh, following the story of these five children named Jake, Marco, Cassie, Rachel, Tobias, and eventually an alien named Axe. He has a much longer name, but we're just going to call him Axe for this because that's what he goes by in the books. And each of the books will take turns like... Jake will be the main character of this book, and it's from his point of view only. And then Cassie is the main character of the next book, and it's only her point of view, and so on and so forth. It just kind of rotates through all of them, um, just around and around again, with a couple of side characters every now and then. But these main characters are brought together one day when, out of nowhere, out of the sky, these kids who are hanging out at an abandoned mall, you know, like you do in the the 90s, um, they were hanging out at a mall, a spaceship, like, crashed into it, creating, like, a firework-looking light show that people (laughs) in the town seem to think it was fireworks. Um, Update, it was not It was not fireworks, it was an alien ship, and out of this alien ship comes this weird blue horse centaur-looking guy who does not have a mouth and has antennas, and at the end of his antenna stalks are eyeballs. And this eyeball alien looks at them and telekinetically speaks to them and goes, you children must save your world from... I <laughs> I know I'm going to say it wrong because, like, I read it in my head, but I never actually, like, heard it said out loud. Apparently there's a TV show, and that's a whole separate thing. We're not worrying about it. Anyway, little worm dudes are taking over the planet. You have a year to save your planet. And then the alien dies, but not really. We'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. And he bestows upon them <laughs> the gift of being Animorphs. Um, they basically have the ability... And if- is it, like, a true gift, or is it, like, a curse? 
both. <laughs> so it's a responsibility. So their powers manifest in all of them have the same power. Of if they touch an animal, they get a sequence of the animal's DNA imbued into their own DNA, and they can at any point turn into that animal. With the caveat being, if they stay in that animal form for more than two hours, like two hours and one second over, you are permanently stuck in that form. Okay, and when you say they can control it, or they can like change into that, in the Mako like Mermaid series, like H2O, the girls touch water and they immediately like have five minutes to get somewhere safe before they turn into mermaids. Do these kids have something like that, or they truly like get to choose when they become the animal? They get to choose, but they kind of have to choose a nice point to do it. This is what I said. This is why I said at the beginning that this was loosely a children's book because it was marketed for children. It's a book about like war and the trauma of war on an intergalactic oh. level from the point of view of children. It's one of those, books. and it goes into excruciating detail every time they anamorph into an animal. It's like a five to ten minute process, depending on the size of the animal. And it just goes into detail about, like, I can feel my bones elongating and hollowing out as I slowly oh. shrink down. And I be slowly have my arms pushed into me, but then also elongated. And my fingers seem to expand into feathers that are pushing out of my skin. Ah, and just so on and so it's forth. Like the, uh, it's like the video game, the um, the sad one where multiple death. Um, it, like, we, we played it. It's like the girl who's like, and I was very hungry, so I ate these berries. And then I got... Oh, uh, Edith Finch. Yeah, Edith where Finch. it's like the deaths <laughs> through like the character's point of view, so you don't really realize that they're dying until you, like, put it together. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's just really gruesome stuff like that. You know, for 8 to 10-year-olds to read. <laughs> for children. Yeah, but, like, the covers of the books look so wild that, like, you would never, as an adult, be like, no, you can't read that. Like, as an adult, you look at the cover, you're like, this looks like a dumb sci-fi book. I'm not gonna read this, but I'm sure my kid can read it just fine. Yeah. It's got some messed up stuff. Anyway, the series begins with that, and it continues on with all of them just kind of dealing with the trauma of trying to save their town and the world and all like their close family and stuff because their family members get attacked and uh, taken over by these little slime alien dudes who just pretend to be your loved ones and stuff but you know it's not their loved ones slamian dudes slamian dudes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so they're just dealing with that trauma and everything for the entire saga the saga kind of slows down about the like i want to say like 25 to 40 frame of the books are very repetitive of them just traveling with the alien who's now alive in a spaceship to different parts of the planet to capture mm. like in catalog in their repertoire of animals that they can turn into like they go to the antarctic so that one of them can become a polar bear they go to like australia so one of them can get like a kangaroo i can see how that would be repetitive but it also like i do see it being like fun like especially if yeah. you're a kid and you're like oh i love this series but i think snakes are the coolest thing book 53 there's a snake yeah, yeah exactly yeah so it gets a bit repetitive and then the end of it just gets really wonky and crazy with like alternate dimensions and different timelines and stuff like that you saw me researching this earlier and one of the captions i was reading was like the death of hitler because one of the characters is back in time and is like i have a moral obligation to kill hitler and does <laughs> All creating, right. creating an alternate timeline yet again and stuff like that 
it's really wacky and stuff, but the character I'm most interested in is named Tobias. Tobias is my favorite because the end of the first book is with like his point of view. It switches to his point of view with this. For context, everyone's like running out of like a layer of like the little slime alien dudes. They just like blew it up with dynamite and are like running away. And Tobias like stayed behind to like buy them some time and stuff like that. And this is his point of view. They'd slipped out safely back through the janitor's closet, back into the school. Rachel, Cassie, Marco, Jake. Had I missed the deadline? Had it been more than two hours in, a, in Morph? Couldn't have. Can't have. No, I'd be trapped forever. A bird. Independent. Free. Alone. Forever. And with that, Tobias became trapped as a red-tailed hawk for the remainder of the saga. No! <laughs> but, like, they set it up that, like, he's a little freak who really wanted to be a bird because he didn't really have family. He Aww. lived with he lived half the year with his aunt, half the year with his uncle, and the way that the other kids helped explain to his aunt and uncle that their nephew was missing, even though neither of them really paid attention to him too much, was they faked writing a letter to both of them saying that he permanently was just going to be living with the other one. <laughs> Okay. But then book three takes a wild turn, and this, this is my favorite part of it. So, Axe and Tobias are the... Axe is the alien, Tobias is the bird. For the remainder of the saga, there is an alien and there is a bird. And it's like every ten books or so, you would get a book exclusively from the alien's point of view, or exclusively from the bird's point of view. And Tobias as a bird was really freaking amazing, because he would like just have to come to terms with like he doesn't want to be a human anymore because he's a bird but then he's like but i have too many thoughts to be just a bird because like he falls in love with like a lady hawk oh and he starts building a nest but then the lady hawk gets killed by like a oh. hunter or something i don't remember but she gets killed before his animal instincts takes over and he can bow chicka bow wow and make little hawklings with her and at that point, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a human in a hawk body again. <laughs> and he gets his stuff figured out. You know, just that existential crisis stuff you love dealing with as a child. <laughs> that's that's a lot. There was a lot going on. Then. There's a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's crazy. There's so much. Of, at some point, they, like, they try to bring another kid named Dave into the group. Because they like are trying to get more numbers and stuff. But then like Dave joins... It turns out he's a psychopath and he tries to kill all of them and stuff. Like, it's a wild saga with twists and turns, and I would love the entire book set at some point in life. But that was my thing this week. Have Animorphs. you looked at how much the book set is? I have not. It's probably increased in price recently, if I'm being honest. Um, but and oh, after this episode, it'll extra increase. increase. Yeah, and then. Um, Another thing I found interesting was, like, there is a TV series. I don't know where we can watch it, but they have the whole, like, first book, basically, like, broken down into, like, a show that you can go and watch and see Tobias get stuck as a hawk. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> For all time and eternity, which is pretty sick. But, yeah, Animorphs. Messed up children's book. My favorite genre. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. I think this led to my love of, like, things like gravity falls and like star vs the and force of evil <laughs> i'm not ever <laughs> forever it, it's online may know that you're a furry yeah <laughs> um, my poster's falling but what do you have for us this week um so my thing is just a little bit shorter than yours that's good um keep it balanced <laughs> yeah um anyways and i was gonna just talk about clowns clowns 
Honk, honk. And the history of clowning. Because I talk about the history of clowns, but, like, clowns have been around for a while. <laughs> Would it start with, like, court gestures then? It or? starts before that. No. What's before a court gesture? Clowns used to be, like, priests and clowns. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. There was time before the medieval times. It really bothers me when people believe that, like... Or when people feel like the medieval times was the main time of history. Like, there's so much more that happened before then. And But anyways, here's clowning. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how we want to go about this. Um, I guess we'll start with this little fun bit first. Um, I'm going to tell you some clown slang. And you're going to tell me what you think it means. Okay. Um, clown alley. Clown Alley. That sounds like a hangout place for clowns, like where you go to hire them. Okay, um, it, it kind of, it's backstage where clowns like get dressed and where they hold their props. Oh, okay. That was close. Okay. The next one is Carpet Clown. This sounds like a slur. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I think it means. Continue. It's a clown who starts his act from the audience for a better comedic effect. So, like, you know how in Glee, they'll be, like, singing, and then all of a sudden the spotlight will turn to one of them, like, in the crowd, and they'll start singing? Yeah. That's kind of what it is, except imagine it for clowns. Um, so, like, would they be in makeup in the audience or not in makeup, and then they just start doing their bits? Um, I'm... I'm not sure. I wasn't able to really see anything on that. I okay. could see it being like someone sitting in the back, like where you can't really see them. Oh. Um, or maybe someone sitting in the very front. Because if you're sitting in the very front, like the people behind you can't see your face. You yeah. Know? That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, boss clown. A boss clown? Yeah. Is that just the, the clown in charge? Yeah, it's the, the clown responsible for leading the other clowns. Okay. Is there is there only one at a time? <laughs> I'm going to say that there might be. Oh my gosh. Who's the boss clown? You can be the head of your home or you can be the boss clown. Pick one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see if I can pronounce this. Uh, Charivari. I, sh- French. French clowns. Kind of. Um, so it's just a type of like acrobatic clown routine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we just have like two more of these. Um, trooper. Uh, that's just a clown part of the. It's like the name for like the crew, right? It's just like you're part of the troop. You're a trooper. You're a clown. Um, it's like a like level of clown. It's like you're a seasoned clown. You've been there for at least one full season, oh. but that means that you're a seasoned veteran in, of clown world. You have your license. Yeah, it's okay. basically you have your license. And then the 1st of May. Is it like the Ides of March type thing? <laughs> it's like a warning? <laughs> no, it's just, uh, it's the name for someone starting off being a clown with zero experience. Oh. You are fir- the 1st of May. Welcome to our 1st of May performer, Keegan. Excellent. Yeah. So Tell that's me more. Tell just me some more. clown lingo. You could call me fluent in clownery. That's why I failed my bio course. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to clown college, though. I can't afford it. So the first known clowns are from the fifth dynasty of Egypt, around Whoa. 2400 BC. Those are clowns. Yeah. And Egypt. then um, some early clowns were, as I said earlier, also like priests and their roles of like 
clown and priest were like inseparable. Like they were, they had to be both, you know? You had to be both the fool and the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so we kind of go into a little bit of like different types of clowns or like different cultural t- clowns. So clowns of ancient Greece were bald and they wore padded clothes to appear large. So I think <laughs> when you think of a classic clown, I think we all kind of think of a clown of ancient Greece. Okay. And then, um, the clowns that are like more fun to draw with like the pointy hats, more like gesture-ish like, yeah, yeah. are ancient Roman clowns. And ancient Roman clowns were, wore pointed hats and they were always the butt of the jokes. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's your purpose in life. Exactly. But that was just like the separation of those. Um, and then um, this part was kind of hard to read. It had a lot of like Italian accents and everything. But um, in the 16th century, Italian clowns for lack of a better term or like italian like comedy culture introduced the mass characters of like the harley quinn clown and the pirouette clown nice yes harley quinn pirouette and then so we kind of go into like more like different clowns and so there are different types of clowns like mimes (laughs) yeah like mimes but also there are different clowns whenever you think of the style there are some clowns that have like the pointy makeup on their faces and then other clowns with white face and like their own little style and those are actually like different categories of clowns like the symbols mean stuff actually or not the symbols but just the colors on their face oh of like it doesn't mean anything but it's just like what type of clown you are so there's that just mean like the type of comedy they do because i do know clowns do different comedy is that the same thing or is this no it's just separation it's if we're looking at if we're looking at cats for example it's the difference between saying this is a tabby cat and this is a Siamese cat. They okay. look different, but they're both cats. Like, they're different, like, sub-genres of clowns. Okay. Yeah. And so one clown is the white-faced clown. And that was originally designed by Joseph Grimaldi in 1801. And some people call Joseph one of, like, the first clowns. But it's really just how you're looking at history, right? Yeah. I think um, it's the ones in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his clown had its face, like from neck to top covered with white makeup his that's the type of clown that had like the grin painted on black eyebrows and very like sophist, um, and very extravagant clothing yeah yeah the classic yeah. clown like circus clown yes and so joseph grimaldi um has the highest status in the clone in the clown hierarchy he he's the boss clown <laughs> wait let me make sure i read that right okay the way okay i'm getting all this from historyofcircus.com so it's either saying that joseph has the highest status in clown hierarchy or the white-faced clown has the highest status in the high clown hierarchy it's kind of unclear on the website because it just refers to like the pre- previous he but it doesn't really tell you if it's yeah. the he of the clown or if it's the he of joseph we'll say white-faced clown because like that makes sense of like moving forward like i don't think the dude's alive unless clowns are immortal <laughs> little do you know <laughs> oh, no. uh but if they're not immortal then i would happen to guess he died which means just any clown with that title of white face clown is the highest of the boss clowns okay that makes sense and then the other like type of clown is the Augustus clown and that and the Augustus clown has his face painted in pink red or tan his mouths and eyes are painted white and his lips and eyebrows are painted black um I, I like imagine like I personally think if there was a clown in my hometown whose name was Mr. Potato Head 
who would always like show up to like Chick-fil-A on Saturday mornings and make like balloon animals. And he was the type of clown with like, yeah, I think he had like a pink or like a yellow face with the um, white like put on and everything. Okay, we're just going to move past that and not acknowledge that you just had a clown in your town who would show up at places, but we're going to move on. Keep telling Wait, me about clowns. But he was aspect. like a famous clown, like Mr. Potato, like he always showed up to Chick-fil-A Saturday mornings and then like people would hire him for events. You said you're he's famous. Keep keep going, keep going. Keep <laughs> uh the Augustus clown um wears clothes that are well fitted or like the complete opposite of their style. And those clowns usually have the character of, like, an anarchist, a joker, or a fool. Mimi, was, was, this, was this him? No. <laughs> I pulled up a Mr. Potato <laughs> And now we're just going to go through some famous clowns of history. Because if you clown hard enough, you can go down in history. history yeah. <laughs> yeah. So first was Joseph Grimaldi. He was an English artist. He invented the modern clown. And some clowns um, are still called, like, Joey, like, in reference to him. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And then there's a man named Matthew Sully, and he was the first circus clown in the U.S. Way to go, Sully. Live your dream, dude. (laughs) He performed in the Ricketts Circus and was a harlequin, tumbler, and a singer. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) A man of many talents. Yes. And now I'm going to have to clarify this here. So that clown was the first clown in the U.S., this next guy, John During, was the first American-born circus clown. Oh. So there's a difference, but he was also in the Ricketts Circus. So, so he was born and bred United States. States and ha- happened to be a clown. Um, I said and- born and bred in relationship to clowns. That does not <laughs> paint a pretty picture. Yeah, and the other Distant guy... Distant sounds of honks and squeaks. Honk, <laughs> honk! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the other gl- guy just came to the U.S., but they're different. Yeah. And then there is John Baptiste Cashmere Brichard, and he brought back circus clowns to the U.S. in 1804 after a dry spell when no circuses were working. Nice. Yeah, so that's really cool there. Um, and then there was Joe Pentland, and he was an early modern clown, which had a sketch. It's kind of fun. He had a sketch that he would appear at the circus as, like, a drunken sailor, and he'd be like, <laughs> I can ride this horse. And then, naturally, like, drunken sailor, he wouldn't be able to. To ride the horse. He'd have a couple failed attempts. And then, after the audience was, you know, hackling and cackling, he would um, strip into his, like, leotard and start riding the horse with skill. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny bit. It's like that. There's like a video clip of like, it's like obviously like a, a staged performed stunt, but like the dude's like chugs a beer and then just runs out onto like the Air Force Base thing, hops into the fighter jet and then just goes, Wee! yeah, and then just starts going like crazy. the Blue Angel sh- yeah, type of show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the equivalent or even higher of that in the clown world. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my fun little little moment about clowns. There, I am. Um, really want to watch the joker from the movie the, the joker. joker um but keegan has like a bit where he doesn't want to watch the movie because we reference it so much yeah um and i want to watch it and so i was thinking about clowns this week yeah that's very good now i do have a question about a famous clown that i do know of you probably know him too his name is bozo he he is played by an actor called peter light who was a weatherman and a clown. Do you know anything about that do you want to talk about? Or is that a topic for maybe next week? Because he like he had a whole life of his, of his own. Yeah, I don't really know much about Bozo the Clown. 
Um, so that could be a topic if it's own. The only thing I was able to see is he really kind of like got started in 1946. Yeah. Which is just a little bit after my um, original clowns that I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. I think he kind of brought forth the idea of like modern day clown yeah, and kind of made it approachable. His design of clown he, he is... He walks so Ronald McDonald could run. <laughs> and his design of the clown is I can kind of see where um, Stephen King got his it design from. Yeah, yeah. Because it is... Bozo the clown. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good one. Uh, I think we'll talk about... I think I'll do Bozo We next might just week. do a clown episode, so, like specific clown episode. I don't know. <laughs> we like clowns. <laughs> yeah, they're funny guys. And we're funny people. All right, that's going to do it from us <laughs> for wait, this week. Wait, wait, wait. What? Where's my recorder? What do you want? You want this? We don't do an outro. <laughs> All and right. now, like the funny clowns we are. Bye. 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 I get the last bye-bye. <laughs>